0: Hello and welcome to Camera Eats First. My name is Devin.
1: And I'm Katherine.
0: And together we are Two Market Girls. We run a vegan YouTube channel and a blog, and this is our podcast where we talk about things like veganism, how we make our recipes, how we run our blog, some food content, and some food news. And we like to review food movies or food shows. And we thought for October, you know, because Halloween is coming up. <laughs>
1: Spooky season.
0: Yeah. We should do a horror movie that has food as kind of like a significant component of it or memorable component of it.
1: Yeah. Um I let Devin choose it because Devin does not a fan of horror movies. No. So I thought it would be best for you to decide which one we watched. Yeah, so
0: you sent uh you sent like a list that you had found and I I went through the list and I didn't really know what kind of movie I was picking. I just picked based <laughs> on like, oh, this kind of sounds like it would be interesting to see and talk about. I, I didn't really look at how scary it would be or like anything about the movie. So I ended up picking a movie called The Stuff or Larry Cohen's The Stuff. Yeah. Which came out in 1985 and apparently is actually supposed to be like, a satire like a satirical take on horror
1: on on like uh for anyone who likes horror like the blob those like weird like blob monster type movies
0: yeah yeah so i get i didn't uh spoiler alert i didn't really have to worry about being scared
1: yeah no definitely not a scary movie
0: by the end of it i was fully just laughing at what was happening <laughs> like it Truly. just got more and more ridiculous <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, it actually did. And I mean, that's the best part about like satire is that it's making fun of itself in a sense. So it can be ridiculous.
0: And I I was reading up too. So the premise of the movie is that there is this new product that is quote unquote discovered and it is taking over America. People are obsessed with eating it. It's called The Stuff. And it's kind of like an ice cream that is a yogurt that looks like marshmallow fluff. Yeah. yeah. You know, like it's a combination of all those things. And people can't stop eating it, except it turns out that once you eat it, you get addicted to it. And then it like takes over your mind.
1: Yeah. There's that one line in it where it's like, uh, are you eating it or is it eating you?
0: (laughs) So that's the premise. And Larry Cohen wrote and directed it. And he had a whole, like, it's supposed to say something about society, that script, right? About consumerism, which I think is kind of also what attracted me to it.
1: Which I mean, I, I mean, even so I didn't do much research on it before. I just went in blind and watched it, even like without knowing what Larry was trying to go for. It's like, whoa, this is like, this almost feels like real. Like this is like when a huge product comes out. This is kind of how people act. Right.
0: I liked that part about it. If, if anything, that was the scariest part about it.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's a very sci-fi type movie. You don't really ever really learn much, actually, about like what this stuff was or why it was addictive. You don't learn much in this movie at all, but it is thoroughly a picture of society even today. Like I know it was made in the 80s, but it still brings true to today. <laughs> oh, 100%. Like corporations always just trying to make a buck plus people just getting really, really obsessed with new things.
0: Yeah, and not being able to control themselves with it kind of idea. He played into like this bigger, I read all this after I watched it. He had this idea in his head. He's like, you know, we're always eating all of this junk food even though we know it's not good for us. So let's like have the stuff be kind of the equivalent to that. Except the people don't aren't being told it's bad for them
1: except but this is the thing though you learn in the film too that it's like zero calorie and all this kind of stuff so technically speaking on a nutrient level it's not bad for you it's just bad for your mind because it's taking over you (laughs) it's like possessing you
0: but when they said that kind of stuff too i was like oh this is like one of those sketchy things that says oh zero calories and it's still (laughs) sweet it's definitely good for you like we all know that's a lie now but like in the 80s when it came out people were less skeptical of those claims right
1: yeah I literally there was one point in the film where okay so like this the stuff is discovered you learn that it's like just came out of the earth one day like it was I mean you learn that at the beginning of the film it's not something I love the discovery of it is so messed up actually okay this was. I literally was like I was like who just does that who just eats something they find on the floor but then I was also like but like how do we discover anything is edible at some point somebody had to just eat a raspberry or just eat a this or like whatever <laughs> to me, I was too I was like that's so gross who just like scoops up this white goop that you found on the ground and tries it tries it who does that but then I was like but is that not just like how we find out things are edible or not <laughs> I mean, maybe not now. There's like science and things, but like before.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, even now, I could see people still doing it. You know, I feel like <laughs> we've learned a lot about people the past two years, and um, what they think is safe and not safe is not what I expected it to be. So yeah, I think they might do this.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's it was so because like I kept like being like, who does that? And I was like, wait, no, we humans kind of do that.
0: Yeah, so we can actually we can just like get into going through the movie and what happens because it it does open with somebody discovering the stuff what comes to be called the stuff and it's this guy that's just working on this factory or like this mine kind of area Yeah, like a mine yeah and it's snowing so you know it's winter and he looks down at like a patch of snow and he sees like this kind of oozing white stuff that does not look like snow definitely doesn't look like snow
1: and then just eats it. What? Yeah,
0: just straight up sticks his finger in it and eats it. Like, oh, they tell you not to eat yellow snow, but you can eat.
1: <laughs> they don't say anything about white goop on the ground. Yes, that is safe.
0: And he's like, oh, my God, this tastes so good. And then his, thankfully, when the other guy comes over, this is the other half of society who is like, what are you doing?
1: <laughs> this is us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But then eats it afterwards anyways. That I feel like that actually is a good portrait of society where it's the one where they'll just eat it. They're going for it. But then there's the other ones who are like, whoa, what are you doing? But then gives in and just eats it. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> oh,
0: actually, this is pretty good.
1: Yeah. But yeah, so it opens up with the discovery of this stuff. There's there's no question about where the stuff came, essentially, kind of came from. Um, You learn that it someone just found it. No one made it. Um,
0: And then it feels like it fast forwards in time a little bit and we're introduced to sort of one of the primary characters, not really a main character, but a primary character named Jason, who is this young kid. And he wakes up in the night. He can't sleep. He goes down to the fridge. Well, down to the kitchen. we all
1: do when we can't sleep. Get a glass of water, do something. Yeah. Maybe
0: you're feeling a little snacky. I don't know. And he opens the fridge and he sees the container of the stuff except it has tipped over and it's kind of like oozing out of its
1: it looks like a slug yeah it's like very slug movement (laughs) yeah across
0: the fridge and he gets all freaked out and then his dad rightfully
1: so if i saw my food move i'd be like yo what
0: yeah no that's not supposed to do that (laughs) and then his dad is like what are you doing down here you scared me i thought you were a burglar. you're the worst kid ever
1: i'm just gonna be honest like the dad sucks the whole movie The dad's horrible. The worst. Like, who gets in trouble for waking up in the middle of the night? I don't understand.
0: And, like, just so aggressively (laughs) mad at him for no reason.
1: Yeah, yeah. Very uh, unnecessary energy coming off from the dad from the get-go. Yeah.
0: That pretty much terrifies Jason from then on because he comes downstairs in the morning and his brother is like, oh, I'm done with my cereal. Can I have some of the stuff? Which... (laughs) to me, is like equivalent to, can I have some ice cream after my cereal? <laughs> yeah,
1: it's like, what? Is sh- is cereal not enough sugar for you? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. But either way, so his brother's all like, I want to have some of the stuff. And Jason's like, no, I saw that stuff come alive. Don't eat that stuff. And everyone's like, Jason, what are you doing? You're acting out again.
1: The family is so aggressive towards Jason. <laughs>
0: Actually, I have a question about the family right off the bat. Was everybody in this family cast because of their bright, bright blue eyes?
1: (laughs) Okay, I didn't notice their eyes. I imagine it probably had something to do with it, but I did notice that the two sons, Jason and I don't know what his brother's name was, looked so similar. Right? They looked like actual brothers. Yeah, I
0: didn't look it up, but like seriously, the dark brown hair and the vividly bright blue eyes is... It's such a standout look, and then I'm like, oh, the parents have really bright blue eyes too. What is going on here?
1: They I will say, yeah, they cast the family really well. They looked like they could have been a legit family.
0: Yeah. So yeah, Jason freaks out and he like knocks the stuff out of his brother and his mom's hand. I forget who's holding it, but he knocks it out and it splatters all over the cupboards. His mom was like, Oh my gosh, it's gonna leave a stain. <laughs> my
1: my favorite one is the when she's cleaning it up off the cabinet because there was some in the cabinet she's like low in calories good tasting and it doesn't even spot and he doesn't like it
0: <laughs> oh my gosh of course my kid won't eat this food that is so good
1: i just like i and it doesn't spot yeah. i was like is that a like is that something you look for in a food that it doesn't stain
0: <laughs> um so that's kind of like our introduction to jason yes and then what becomes kind of a trend within this movie is that like there's a cut to another scene, and you kind of feel like you're getting whiplashed every time there's a cut. <laughs> oh my
1: goodness, yeah, it jumps around a lot, so, so much. and it's kind of hard to figure out the timeline of this movie. I will say there's a couple times throughout the movie that I was like, wait, is time supposed to have passed between these two scenes? I don't really I'm not sure.
0: yeah, it's a uh, it's aggressive.
1: <laughs> but we meet kind of the next, the main main character next, Mo
0: Mo david rutherford but his friends call him mo because he always wants mo money or mo something i
1: hate this character he has no emotion
0: in my notes i started calling him mr wannabe charmer right because
1: (laughs) sorry go ahead i completely agree he's like
0: trying so hard to be like james bond like ooh, yeah
1: very charismatic I, Yeah,
0: i'm so smooth i'm so suave i'm gonna walk onto this boat and you're i'm you're gonna give me money to solve all your problems you're scared of me because i've been i got mics in all of your suits because i snuck into your hotel room last night and it's not weird at all <laughs> and i'm like really proud of it but i'm not really saying it in a james bond way at all no
1: this is it was like they designed this character to be character to be the most charismatic character Ever, and he's just not. He's terrible at it. Like I'm just like you're just like so socially awkward, which is the complete opposite of charismatic.
0: He's no truly that character who, like, in my mind, I am the most charming thing these people have ever seen. But in reality, everyone's like, "What's
1: this guy doing?
0: Are you okay?
1: Are you in pain? Need help?" Yeah, no, honestly, like, I I like the character more as the movie goes on as he builds relationships with people. I like the relationships between him and certain characters. But I hate this character because I'm just like, you're You're like, it's kind of like you're a robot, but like not a good one. <laughs> yeah. But we meet Mo and learn that he is a corporate, was it espionager or something mm-hmm. like that? Like a corporate spy. Yeah. He basically is hired by other corporations to find out secrets from other corporations to basically like try and one up the competition take so them like down there he's hired by some corporate executives that are trying to figure out what the stuff is they want to be able to create a product better than the stuff and they haven't had success doing so
0: yeah i feel like they are it's a bunch of these old white dudes on a yacht and i feel like they're supposed to represent uh dairy industries like ice cream yogurt because like that's the thing that the stuff is kind of compared to in a way because it's like it's like ice cream but it doesn't melt it just oozes
1: (laughs) we also had one of the most cringy awkward scenes in the scene where mo is shaking all their hands and he's just saying sweaty palm sweaty palm
0: (laughs) again what is he doing He's like, "This is a smooth move. Let me just shake all your hands and tell you he's that He's like, "Oh, that's sweaty. a sweaty palm."
1: <laughs> like, I was like, is that is that something that's supposed to be like cocky charming where they they'd be like, "Oh, this guy's good because he's sussed out that we're nervous." I don't know. Like
0: Wow, he sussed it out with one of the most obvious cues ever. <laughs>
1: or maybe they're just sweaty people. <laughs> we should definitely hire this guy. But yeah, so they hire Mo to basically try and figure out what the stuff is. Um And another one of my favorite lines of this film is when they find out... So Moe bugged one of them. You mentioned earlier because they walked... He snuck into their hotel room. Again, not creepy. Um So Moe bugged one of them and the guy says to him, you're not quite as dumb as you appear to be. And Moe's response is, no one is as dumb as I appear to be. And I just don't understand yeah
0: i feel like i had to kind of pause and think on that line for a minute like what exactly are you saying Do
1: you, are you just saying you you're the stupidest looking person is that what you're saying or
0: are you saying that i act so dumb that it could no one could ever actually be this dumb
1: i i don't i what who says that about themselves <laughs> it feels like he took some kind of like
0: knockoff class about how to be charming And has just, like...
1: (laughs) Sucks at it. Failed it. it. Yep. But this scene, we also learn that the stuff was approved by the FDA for sale, but that all of the people who approved it, like, that were on the committee to approve it, have resigned and no longer work at the FDA. So we get some sus behavior right from the get-go. Yeah,
0: yeah. So Mo is all like, I'm gonna go figure it out. Don't worry, guys. I'm on the case. And we
1: also do learn that... They say it's, like, the stuff, they don't actually have ingredients on their packaging because it's a protected recipe, like Coca-Cola's, like, syrup is protected, which I was like, I didn't really know that was a thing.
0: Yeah, it's when he's, he's, like, in a lab with some scientists that I guess he's hired to
1: try to... Oh, right, this was the other scene, yeah. Yeah, to
0: try to figure out what it is, and they're like, oh, it's some kind of, like, there is some kind of living bacteria in it, and Moe's all like, but it's not harmful no. And he's like, how can they not reveal the contents? Oh, the FDA has this thing called the Statue of Identities rule, which is the same rule that protects Coca-Cola. So you don't know their secret syrup.
1: Which like, wow, it our society has been broken. So for so long. Right. <laughs> Cuz like, what is that rule? Who cares?
0: <laughs> and then speaking of like a broken society, next, we kind of get introduced to one of our other main characters yes because we go to a commercial being filmed for this stuff i will say one of the things was i was like oh this is being directed by a woman which i thought yes that was cool yeah she's directing this commercial shoot that's great to see it's 1985 that's not super common
1: yeah and we find out that she was in charge of the whole marketing of this stuff and branding and pr and all that stuff yeah so now
0: she's like this icon because it's the hottest selling product in america and this campaign they're working on is just a bunch of women in bathing suits and like big coats and just eating the stuff
1: which like i find hilarious too because like so it's great to see uh a strong female not she's not the lead of a movie but you know a strong female character especially in the 80s that's great but also at the same time she's directing something that was definitely written by a man larry (laughs) Freaking Larry. <laughs> yeah, just a bunch of women in swimsuits eating the stuff. Could that be more male energy to you? Like <laughs> I just don't understand.
0: Yeah, no, it was a a questionable storyline and choice for the whole shoot. I'm not sure where they're going with it, but you know.
1: And I will say one scene that really stuck out, uh, which like again, I was like, Oh, sweet. There's there's a woman in this. I thought it was gonna be all men. Um, But then as soon as Mo goes there, Mo goes to the set and just takes over the set as a man. And everyone listens to him. He basically tells everyone to just stop working and they listen.
0: Yeah. He was like, everyone go home. (laughs) Yeah. Which I was like, where again, where are you going with this, Mo? Who do you think you (laughs) are? You're
1: not cool.
0: (laughs) And he sits down with her name's Nicole. She's the one in charge of the campaign and he's like talking to her and this is also the first time we get a peek of the fact that mo is wearing cowboy boots with his suit this (laughs) whole time
1: oh my goodness yes (laughs) literally as soon as he he like puts his foot up on his knee and i was like oh my goodness shoes those boots are huge
0: right it just adds another layer of questionability to mo's entire (laughs) thought process
1: again nothing against cowboy boots i love cowboy boots But the look did not work.
0: No. He's wearing like a full suit. And then he's got brown cowboy boots that just...
1: And the suit wasn't brown. The suit was like a light gray. Yeah.
0: I don't know. It just it definitely threw me off.
1: And it just stood out in the whole scene. I was like, those are gigantic boots. Yeah. What is this?
0: (laughs) So he's like sitting down with Nicole to kind of get an idea about what she knows about this product that she's been marketing. And I don't really know where he goes with that, except that he's like, "We're going to dinner."
1: I this this scene confused the heck out of me. It was like, "What the heck is happening?" Like again, another thing that they definitely wrote this character to be charismatic, but because no offense to this actor, I don't know who this actor is. Like I don't know what other things he's been in, but like, it didn't it didn't work. Like I was like, "This is just an awkward scene." Like I can't see. Anybody being like, oh, yeah, no, cancel my plans. I'm going to go to dinner with this guy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right away, Nicole's like to her assistant, uh, I need to get me a dress. I need a dress for this. And then the last line they have with each other is like, my, my limo's out front. And she's like, so is mine. He's like, mine's bigger.
1: <laughs> what? What is this movie? Like, again, I know it's a satire, but like it still blows my mind.
0: This is a horror movie. You know what? This is a (laughs) horror movie. Because I bet these things are said.
1: Yeah. Actually, though.
0: (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay. So we'll leave Mr. Charmer there with his limo talk. Because then we go to a grocery store.
1: We go back to Jason. Yeah.
0: So Jason is walking through the grocery store. And he's like... Looking around, you know, everyone's buying the stuff. It's on all the shelves. So it's like kids eating it while they're at the store. And he's like, again, knocking the products down. He kind of just goes on this tirade.
1: He also just like rips one out of a kid's hand.
0: (laughs) Respect. He's trying to save the child. He's trying
1: to protect the kid. Yes. He is actually
0: doing some good. And so he just like starts running through the store, knocking all of the stuff onto the ground so that, you know, people can't buy it. People can't eat it. And it takes three grown men to stop
1: him (laughs) which also my favorite thing is so you see two of the grocery store employees working on like a display and jason is like hitting all the stuff off in the lead up to them like hitting stuff off the top of a freezer like a grocery store freezer he's hitting all that in the lead up to the display so he can destroy this display and the employees see him the literally the guy goes like oh no or something like that And they don't do anything. They wait until Jason gets there and breaks the display. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But like he fully like breaks glass. He like also there's a ton of the stuff at the grocery store. And also like it's in the freezer and also shelf stable. What does that mean? That's
0: what I noticed too because like they say it doesn't melt. So it's like ice cream but it doesn't melt. It's like yogurt but it doesn't need to be chilled
1: but there's some in the fridge
0: they just put i think they just put it all over the store so that people can always be putting it in their carts
1: but also is it one of the things that like needs to be stored in the refrigerator after opening because jason's family had it in the fridge oh that would make sense so maybe it's that but yeah it's it's a little confusing because it is supposed to be this like shelf stable thing but it's also found in every every section of the grocery store
0: okay and now we have to go back to mr charming himself (laughs) and there's just there's so many things in this scene that i i just i don't know (laughs) so he goes to the house of someone from the fda who worked on early parts of approving the stuff
1: yeah mr vickers
0: yeah and mr vickers has this nice big dog named ben Yes, has a very human name, which
1: is hilarious. (laughs) Which honestly is the best types of names to give your dog or any pet. Give them superhuman names.
0: Yeah, yeah. But Mr. Vickers is like very obviously scared of his own dog. So there's that happening. Yeah. And then there's the fact that like... Mr. Charming is trying to get some answers out of him he's like oh I have some paperwork but like everything from the dialogue to some of the cinematography shots in this scene is all just like you are grasping at straws here trying to make this moment intense and it is falling right so flat and making it so funny
1: yeah and I just I really really liked Mr. Baker's because he's so awkward so bad He's so incredibly awkward and like he's always like the faces he's making all the time especially with the dog. So funny. Mr. Vickers also refuses to say what it's made out of. Like he was like asking what the ingredients are and he just didn't answer. He just glossed over the question. Yeah he's
0: kind of like all I have are some preliminary documents. Lucky for you I keep everything so let me go get those. And so Mr. Charming is like, hey, Ben, you look hungry. Let's go to the kitchen of this house that I've never been in before. We're going to go to the kitchen and feed you. (laughs)
1: Let's feed this dog that I have no idea who this dog is. The owner's clearly afraid of his own dog. But yeah, let's hang out with this dog. Yeah.
0: So, you know, (laughs) he just starts wandering through the house and opens the door to see a very large stockpile of the stuff. Yeah, a ton of the stuff. Yeah. But you just get a quick glimpse of that. And then Mr. Vickers is back downstairs very
1: fast with his folder. Yeah, like super quick. It was like as soon as Mo opened the door, Mr. Vickers is like, I am back. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's very slow (laughs) moving until that moment. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So he takes that folder of stuff and he's kind of like on his way.
1: But before we say goodbye to Mr. Vickers for the moment, he looks at Ben and has this like really intense interaction with his dog. He's just like, you were a very good boy, Ben, or something like that. And get, and it's like, I have a treat for both of us. Yeah. Super creepy.
0: It's like, <laughs> yeah, of course. Cause you know, there's puppuccinos now. You take your dog to Starbucks. Let's go get a treat for both of us.
1: <laughs> yeah. He was just getting a puppuccino. Yeah. That, exactly. That's exactly what it was. <laughs>
0: Um, so Mr. Charming is still, you know, he's doing his research right now. He's in very much a research phase, which means he is literally all over the place. I don't even know how far he has traveled, how much time has passed.
1: Right. That's the thing. It This movie does not do a good job of really of illustrating, first of all, where he is and when it is.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because you get this scene where he's sitting in his car outside what looks like one of those pop-ups shops. Yeah. That you would set up, you know, for a new product dropping, but this is just the stuff. And it's two thirty in the morning and he's all like, and they're still lined up and going back for more. What's the deal here?
1: What is happening?
0: <laughs> I don't know. We get just that like super, super short scene and then next thing you know we're back to FDA guy and his dog Ben.
1: Yeah, Mr. Vickers and Ben, who are arguably my favorite duo in this movie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, short lived and kind of like the first victims that we see.
1: Yeah. So we, uh, so Ben attacks Mr. Vickers. I guess we get the first glimpse of what the stuff does in this scene, and like we learn that obviously Ben's been eating the stuff. This is the treat that Mr. Vickers is talking about, um, and that Ben is also addicted to it. Like the human population seems to be. Um, and the stuff just comes out of the dog's mouth
0: yeah it just like starts this honestly the only verb I can apply to this stuff is oozing that's all it's <laughs> yeah, ever doing oozing,
1: like and not even like when I say mouth I feel like that doesn't illustrate it enough it's like coming out of their throat
0: yeah because it almost like it actually like extends their jaw
1: yeah they go like rig it
0: <laughs> yeah so that it's open way wider than it would normally be able to open And then just, like, this thing just, (laughs) Yeah,
1: it was interesting to see that, like, I'm curious why the first instance we saw it was in an animal and not a human. Like, if that has any significance.
0: You'd think, like, if you're trying to play on consumerism as, like, the underlying message, why does the dog die first?
1: Right? Yeah. Like, I feel like we could have left the dog out of this.
0: Yeah, if anything, the dog, usually in movies, animals can sense these things, and they're like, no.
1: The dog should be the smartest character in this movie. The dog
0: should be like Jason is. Yeah. Wow, okay.
1: <laughs> is Jason the dog? He kind of,
0: yeah, he's playing the dog role a little bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um, also, uh, gr- I, there were so many great quotes from this movie. And I really enjoy that while Ben is attacking Mr. Vickers, you hear Mr. Vickers yell, I'll buy more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I just, I feel like there are so many great quotes in this movie.
0: <laughs> oh, man. And that actually, that line is a like good correlation to the overall theme. This thing is literally attacking me, but I will buy more of it. I must have more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, again, time has passed. <laughs>
1: We don't know how much time, but time has passed. Yes.
0: Mo is is now possibly in another state. I don't know. He's in Stater, which is where the tests were originally done so that the stuff was FDA approved. And so he pulls up to this small town to, I guess he needs gas in his car. So the guy in the little shop comes out. sketch. And they're both kind of looking around and he's like, where is everybody? And the gas attendant is like, yeah, where is everybody? And then this, they both see this car pull up down the street, and he's like, "Huh, never seen that before. Two strangers in one day." And Mo's like, "Yeah, that stuff does tend to happen to me."
1: What, what is this movie? This whole scene is just—I don't know. There's like this—the part two in this scene where like the the gas station attendant really tries to get Mo to go to the bathroom. Because he like put new towels in there. Like, I don't really know what was supposed to happen in the bathroom.
0: <laughs> so much of the dialogue is questionable for so many of the characters.
1: So I don't really, I didn't really understand that aspect of it when the guy's like, y- you need to go to the bathroom. He's like, yeah, I just put new towels in there. And I was like, what is, ha- what's the significance of the bathroom? Yeah.
0: So, of course, um, Rutherford, David Rutherford, whatever you want to call him, Mo. Yeah, Mo. He's like I got to go investigate this car.
1: Yeah, so he goes to investigate the car and we meet the best character in the movie. It's
0: Chocolate Chip Charlie.
1: <laughs> uh yeah, so Chocolate Chip Charlie fully like attacks Mo. <laughs> <laughs> but then Mo recognizes Chocolate Chip Charlie.
0: Mhm. Mhm cuz yeah, you know, he's famous. Chocolate Chip Charlie is a famous figure and because he had a company, but his company has kind of been Taken out from under him without his say in it. And it seems like it's connected to this stuff in some way, but I couldn't really follow.
1: <laughs> okay. I agree. Cause I was like, when I was watching the series, so it was, yeah, Chocolate Chip Charlie used to own a company. He got kicked out by like his brother or brother in law or something like that. I don't know what happened, but he no longer owns this company that he created. But then he was, he, he's here investigating why too. And I was like, wait, so is the company this stuff? No. Did the stuff, like, take over his company? Like, it was like, I don't I don't really understand where Chocolate Chip Car- Charlie comes into this, but I'm okay with it because I like Chocolate Chip Charlie.
0: Yeah. Somehow he's connected. Somehow he is very upset about it, and he wants to take down the stuff, too.
1: Yeah. And I will say, so Chocolate Chip Charlie and Mo have this, like, nice scene together. Like, there's a few like, nice scenes with them where they're this really cool, like, crime-fighting duo. Yeah. And, like, it made me like Mo more
0: yeah which also like they should have leaned more into that i don't really like what happens like in the next few scenes it was kind of a waste of a character i think
1: truly
0: so chocolate chip charlie and mo go back to the post office and they're like asking the post office guy some questions and he's all like leave us alone <laughs> like who's us yeah,
1: he's super sketchy.
0: he was like really not okay
1: yeah, and, like, he, like he wasn't even going to try and pretend to be okay, like other people have been trying to do.
0: No, he was, yeah, full-on not okay. So eventually they, they just kind of leave that scene, but then you see, after they leave, the guy go back, and he's got a big case of the stuff in the back, because doesn't everybody? And so Moe and Charlie are walking outside, and they're both like, do you see that? Yeah, there's, like, five dudes walking towards us in the middle of the night. Do you know what we do when this happens? Yeah, we run. (laughs) Or we fight them. Just like the dialogue. I know it sounds like I'm delivering it poorly, but really I am doing a good impersonation of the movie.
1: It's great. (laughs) It's great. Uh, So
0: they have to outrun these five zombie men.
1: Yeah, I don't don't even know.
0: And they climb into a boat and get away. (laughs) Yeah. But then next thing you know, they're in a diner. And everything's Which, fine. Which,
1: where did this diner come from? Yeah, so they go to a local diner. They ask, Mo asks for if they have the stuff. I assume just to see people's reactions, you know?
0: Yeah, he says it very loudly and then looks around.
1: Yeah, and then the waitress says they're out and it's like on back order or something like that. Like, they've been having a hard time getting it. Um, But we learn that's not true because, like, it's in the back. A lot of It's it.
0: always in the back. <laughs> it's always in the
1: back. <laughs> like like a like a lot of it is in the yeah. back. <laughs> so I don't really know like I guess like is the diner not sharing it with any guest or just these two guests in particular cuz like I I was a little confused by that cuz I like, I understand that the stuff makes you like addicted to it and you just want it all for yourself. So like to me is like is the waitress hiding it from everybody and the waitress is keeping it for herself or is it just for other people who are like hooked on the stuff and they can tell that mo and Chocolate chip charlie aren't
0: yeah maybe it's that latter one but like maybe. at the same
1: time I'm like wouldn't you want to get them like addicted yeah. to the stuff like that feels like whatever the stuff is again we never really learn what it is it feels like it doesn't have that survival instinct that it should for a living organism to multiply and grow and get more people to be addicted to it
0: Yeah, at least not as aggressively as you see in like a zombie film where the zombie is like, we must get you. You must become one of us.
1: Exactly.
0: But then like the actual worst part about this scene is that like they cut the Charlie and Moe duo in half so fast. And Moe's all like, Charlie, I need you to go to Washington and tell this guy from the FBI what's going on. He won't believe me, but he'll believe you because
1: you're chocolate chip Charlie. Yeah. I wish we had gone to like Washington with Chocolate Chip Charlie. Like maybe we'd got like we're, we jump around so much in this movie. Why couldn't we jump around once to Chocolate Chip Charlie?
0: Yeah. He just like ha- disappears for like 45 minutes.
1: <laughs> but like I will say that was like it was at that point in the movie where I was like, you know what? I actually kind of think I like this movie because that duo was so fun to watch. I feel like they balanced each other out because Chocolate Chip Charlie was super charismatic. Yes. Like actually charismatic. He was what Mo wanted to be. Yeah, but they balanced each other out well, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, and then they just, like, decided, nope, you've had enough of this duo. Sorry, you're going to get just Mo alone again. <laughs>
0: yeah, now Mo has somehow ended up in New York. Uh,
1: again, yeah, have no idea how much time has passed. It seems to be, like, the s- people behind the stuff or people working for the stuff know that he's, like, trying to, like get their secrets (laughs)
0: yeah like where did it come from where this scene where it's almost like a a woman on the street like the equivalent of a hot dog stand but it's the stuff she picks up her walkie-talkie and she's like he's coming and then this truck this the stuff truck which like they could
1: be they could hide that it wasn't the stuff a little better you know like they were just like no let's just run him over in a the stuff van
0: (laughs) yeah she's like he's coming now and so this van comes racing down the street trying to hit mo but like none
1: of that made sense <laughs> yeah I, it was so out of left field i was like okay i don't and again the movie doesn't clarify this at all either because i was like i still can't figure out if it's like is the stuff poisoning people's mind to think that like to and they can realize who's kind of on to the stuff or is it actually just the executives of this company that are like, no, 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 this guy's trying to find out too much information. Mm. Like, I had no idea who was relaying this information to this random lady on the street.
0: <laughs> that That is a bigger question. Are we being controlled by the products or are the companies doing it? Or is it both? I think it might be both.
1: <laughs> after this, do, do we get more Mo after this or we go back to Jason?
0: Because, yeah, we find out why Mo is in New York. Because he goes and meets with this man who's in charge of the distribution of the stuff. Yes. But this man doesn't eat the stuff because his doctor says no, which seems to contradict everything else we've said about the stuff so far. Right?
1: Because apparently it's supposed to be this like low calorie, zero calorie, just delicious treat.
0: Yeah. This man knows kind of what Mo is up to and is like, I'm going to offer you this much money so you'll come work for me instead of working for those dairy guys that I know you're working with and so that's how that scene ends
1: <laughs> that's it
0: <laughs> okay and then we're still in New York and I don't know where Nicole came from how
1: much time has passed because this is the point we learned that they're dating well, I don't know what they are doing but like nicole
0: is like crying basically because she's like i convinced all these people to buy this stuff i'm a terrible person help me and mo's like i can get you redemption we're gonna take down the stuff
1: oh and he's honest with her about who he is because he lied to her initially saying he was like a big oil company guy Mm -hmm. and he was like no i'm actually not (laughs) (laughs) and then they fall in love
0: (laughs) Yeah, just like that. We didn't even get to see their limos and compare. Yeah,
1: like, what the heck? Whose limo was actually bigger?
0: Okay, but now we got to get back to Jason because obviously he's in trouble from his little outburst at the grocery store. (laughs) Yes. grounded for life.
1: (laughs) Yeah, in case you didn't know. And he's been, like, shunned from the family.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he comes down from his room finally and he finds his parents and his brother like this like picturesque family in the living room watching playing video games together and just eating the stuff and as jason's making his way to the living room to find this he goes through the kitchen and he sees a bag full of food that looks like it's just been thrown out hasn't even like
1: so sad
0: yeah they didn't eat it at all and then beside it is another bag that is full of empty containers of the stuff so jason's like oh man how long was i up there
1: this has escalated so much. Jason, I had that exact same question. <laughs> How yes. long has any of this been going on?
0: <laughs> and so he goes to see what his family is up to. And his mom is like absolutely buzzing.
1: Yo, yeah. His mom is like on a high. <laughs> his yeah. mom was, so there. she's like, quote unquote, dieting. She's on like the stuff diet. And she's lost five pounds in a week, which like, oh no. <laughs> Um, and is like super happy and and like really intense
0: yeah she is she's clearly very hooked on it she thinks that it's so good for her because it's giving all these positive results that she wants her husband is so happy her oldest son is so happy everything is perfect because of this stuff and so they tell jason You cannot come out of your room until you eat the stuff.
1: And then maybe you can be a part of the family again. (laughs)
0: Yes. This family is a stuff family.
1: If you don't eat the stuff, you cannot be a part of it.
0: Yeah. So Jason takes his tub of the stuff upstairs to the bathroom.
1: Which, okay, this scene. So he goes upstairs and he's about to go into his room. But then he turns to go to the bathroom and he like peeks down the stairs, I guess, to see if they're watching which they are and then he proceeds to still go to the bathroom
0: yeah which I was like okay can they not can he see them and they can't see
1: yeah him? I was like what was the point of him looking down the stairs if we're gonna cut to a scene of them obviously still looking up
0: yeah I was like oh they heard they heard a door close so I guess that's good enough <laughs> right. he went into his room for sure
1: yeah yeah definitely definitely in his room.
0: But, you know, Jason is actually a pretty smart kid.
1: Jason is a smart kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I was just confused by the filmmaking, not Jason. I think Jason is great. Yeah,
0: Constantly confused by everything in the movie.
1: But yeah, Jason throws the stuff down the toilet. Mm -hmm. The stuff does a cool little, like, dance.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) It doesn't just
1: ooze. It dances this time. (laughs) Yeah, it does (laughs) this really cool, like, twisty dance. It's very much marshmallow fluffy.
0: And being the genius that he is, he's like, oh, I will fill this tub up with shaving cream.
1: I mean, genius slash, I'm so sorry you had to eat shaving cream, Jason. He
0: had to take one for the team.
1: Yeah, for his own mind.
0: So he fills the tub back up with shaving cream, goes downstairs, and he's like, I'm eating it. It's so good. I just want more. And his brother's like, give me some. He's like, no, I'm not going to share. So So he's playing it
1: really well. Like totally the stuff addicted. Like, that is what they're like.
0: But I think he says some things that give him away. Because he talks about being tired and they're like, we don't get tired, Jason, because of this stuff. Because
1: we're so well fed now. We're getting exactly what we need that we never get tired. And then I think Jason realizes his family is a little on to him. And he just books it.
0: Yeah, he makes a run for it. And this is possibly the best part of the movie. He runs out side of his house it looks like he's running through the backyard and all of a sudden we have our time traveling friend mo show up in his car
1: <laughs> and <laughs> it's like what is this and also jason gets in like i know he's running away from his family who are like possessed but like jason gets in this stranger's car
0: yeah somehow all mo has to say is i saw it move too how do you know to say that no you don't but jason's like you did i'm getting in your car Let's get out of here. I don't know where you came from or how you why you're back here, but, but let's I'm go.
1: <laughs> but like I will say, one of the grossest scenes of the movie was just before Jason runs off. Well, Jason runs off. Um, but you see the dad taste the shaving cream, which he thought was the stuff, with two fingers, and it was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. <laughs> the dad <laughs> tastes it so gross. And I was just like, I don't know why. This is this is disgusting to me. You're a disgusting <laughs> person. Get off of my television screen.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. I was okay. so
1: grossed out by that scene. I don't there's something so creepy about the dad. I really don't like the dad.
0: Oh yeah. No. Nothing to like about him. No redeeming qualities at
1: all. Um, but yeah, so Jason and Mo are now a crime fighting duo. <laughs> the new crime fighting duo. I wish Chocolate Chip Charlie was still here.
0: Right. So they end up all flying to Georgia.
1: With Nicole.
0: Nicole's also there. Yeah, he's got his squad they have assembled. They're going to go to Georgia, and they're going to take the stuff down.
1: Yeah. Like, so Nicole is still the marketing person for the stuff, and she poses still as the marketing person for the stuff, um, and meets with executives from the company.
0: Yeah, with this whole bit, like, we're going to come and film at the factory, Show the people behind the stuff.
1: And then Mo acts as her secretary, which again, another line that really stood out in this movie to me is when she specifically calls him a male secretary instead of just a secretary.
0: This is my male secretary. I left my female secretary (laughs) back home.
1: (laughs) Like I just like I was like, why? Like I know this is the eighties. I know it's a different time, but like that was the weirdest (sighs) thing. (laughs) So good. Um but yeah, so Mo poses as her secretary and then jason stays in the private plane with the pilot and mo basically just says if we're not back in three hours fly him i can't remember where it was which like yeah just send this kid off somewhere else
0: (laughs) yeah but so while they are at the factory jason wakes up and sees the stuff oozing through the plane because like you get the shot of the pilot sitting up front just kind of chilling and then you see some of the stuff oozing and then the guy from the post office shows up and attacks the pilot and more oozing happens and jason has to run away who
1: is the post office guy
0: where Well, how did he get to georgia
1: how does anybody travel in this film in this world I don't get it.
0: Nothing makes sense. But Jason gets away again because, you know, he's a smart kid. But then he does something very dumb. He finds the mine where the stuff actually is. And they have all these big trucks.
1: Yeah, Jason, you're a smart kid and you really let me down in this moment.
0: Yeah, they have all these big trucks, which is what they fill with the stuff when they
1: obviously fill the stuff in there. Like, it's so obvious that that is where the stuff is going.
0: Yeah. And so Jason <laughs> crawls onto one of the trucks and he's like looking in the top of it, looking down in there. And he's like, it's a good idea for me to get inside.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'll just I'll just get in here.
0: And then I will just linger and stay in here so long that I get trapped in here.
1: Come on, Jason. You, you were you were on such a good track record. You're such a smart kid. You sussed out the stuff before anybody else did. And then you get in a truck.
0: That just did not add up for his character on, at all. Come
1: on, Jason. <laughs> Some shoddy writing.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then we, are, we cut back to Mo and Nicole. They're in their hotel that they're staying at for the night.
1: Yeah. For me, okay. So before this, we see that they go to the factory for a brief second, trying to talk about what they want to film, all that kind of stuff. She talks about, oh, it would be great to see where it's made and how it's made and film that. Um, and then it cuts to this scene where I think they set them up with the motel, like the executives. So, like, are we to believe that the executives filled their motel room with the stuff?
0: Maybe. Because they
1: were, like, asking too many questions.
0: Maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would make sense.
1: Yeah. So the stuff attacks attacks them.
0: Mo is watching TV and stuff. And then all of a sudden the pillow starts oozing with the stuff nicole kind of manages to get away but the stuff like face hugs covers mo's face and starts suffocating him and nicole i mean she's pretty fast thinking in this scene she's like i will burn that off of your face
1: i literally i was watching this with hutch and i was like nope nope i'd rather die let the stuff get me i would rather die than somebody literally light my face on fire
0: (laughs) yeah i was kind of like well that's very unique idea that was the first thing that came to your mind
1: that like you were not worried that it would just burn through to get to mo's face this is supposed to be i'm pretty sure your boyfriend at this point like what is going on there (laughs)
0: does it say on the containers flame yeah and that's how she knew
1: i don't know (laughs) i mean she is the pr and marketing person for it so i'm sure she knows more stuff than most regular people do about the stuff but like still (laughs) like i was like that was you weren't really confident that you weren't gonna hurt mo in any way
0: yeah i am not that fast thinking (laughs) at all no so she pours alcohol all over it and then she lights a match and sets his face on fire because that is what like deactivates the stuff so that he can rip it off his face and throw it against the wall it's
1: now like a face mask
0: (laughs) yeah And so, finally, he can breathe, but the stuff is still oozing, and now it's on fire, and so they have to run away.
1: But, like, this, also this random guy shows up and, like, attacks them. (laughs) Random guy shows up and attacks them, and then they, like, toss him off of them into, like, the wall, and then the bed explodes with the stuff onto this guy and, like, attacks him exorcism exorcism style, where the guy's, like, on the ceiling. It's wild. And then they light it on fire.
0: It truly escalated. And then he's like, we got to take that truck. Don't worry. I'll hotwire it. <laughs> they steal the truck that's at the motel. And as they're driving in the night, they just happen to see these big <laughs> trucks. And they're like, oh, what a weird time to be driving. And I was like, yeah, when you're doing something that you don't want to be caught doing, let's follow them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they follow them, to, And they figure out kind of where... How the stuff is made or not made, I guess. S- extracted.
0: <laughs> yeah, they see this the big hole in the ground, which is where the stuff is bubbling out of.
1: Yeah, it's in that mine that we see at the beginning of the movie where they tasted white stuff on the ground. Um, but they had dug a little deeper. Now it's this whole, like, pond of the stuff. And they just continually suck it up.
0: And Mo, being the quick-thinking person he is after his face has just been on fire, (laughs) happened to have grabbed a suit from the hotel room or something. Yeah, a uniform. Yeah, so that he could put it on and walk down to the mine and pretend like he works at the mine with all the other people.
1: Yeah, so Mo puts his uniform on and then goes to steal a truck. Because he says basically the only way to prove what they're doing is to steal a truck
0: obviously come on cat
1: i still don't understand how that's gonna prove anything but sure
0: so he wanders down there and he just happens to walk beside the truck where he can see i mean not see he can hear <laughs> jason screaming <laughs> from inside so creepy. and I, i'm sorry i know this is like it's in the 80s and it's not a fancy movie but my goodness, the visual effects and the obvious <laughs> green screen work that starts showing up is iconic.
1: so great. But my favorite thing, too, is that so he hears Jason screaming in the truck and he's like so calmly, he's like, I'll save you, Jason. And that's it. Like, it was, was like, he's like, I'll get you out, Jason. Or something yeah. like that.
0: At no moment, is he like, wait a second. What is Jason doing in the truck? <laughs> It's almost like he knew all along. Oh, of course. There you are, Jason.
1: Jason's obviously in a truck.
0: Thank you for finally catching up. By the way, why are you in the truck? But let's get out of here.
1: Yeah. Um. So he does some, like, fighting. Hits some people. Knocks some people out. Steals a truck.
0: Nicole is told by Mo to go back to the truck that they drove from the hotel in. Yeah, the pickup truck. And, of course, Mr. Post Office Man shows up as he does.
1: He just shows up everywhere and anywhere.
0: And he starts attacking her. And just like the great timing that Mo always has throughout <laughs> the movie. He gets there just in time to run over the postman.
1: Yeah, yeah. run. This my favorite thing is so he clearly runs over his legs, right? Very clearly. But then when you cut to the scene after he's been run over, the body's cut in half. <laughs> it's down the waist. <laughs> but yeah, so they pick up Nicole and he gets what's his face out of the back. yes jason um which like took you long enough mo he's back there with the stuff
0: yeah what are you doing
1: dodging that green screen stuff so well (laughs) (laughs) so well like and i honestly don't even know my favorite thing about movies like this is that like why did the stuff not just consume him immediately why did it wait until jason was like on the brink of being saved
0: Yeah, like it seemed like it moved pretty aggressively in the motel room, but then when it's inside this truck, it's like pretty chill.
1: Yeah, it's like, you know what? I'm on break. Jason's here. He's not going anywhere. I'm just going to chill, toy with him a little bit. Yeah. And then we'll get to the attacking later. And they don't make it
0: very far down the road before they're pulled over by a cop. Yeah. And so they have to fight off the cop. (laughs) I don't, like, did we even need that scene? No, not really. Definitely
1: not. There was a few scenes we did not need for sure.
0: So obviously they get away from the cop and they're driving through the night. They drive through a small town and Mo's like, no, we can't stop in a small town. It's probably controlled by the stuff. We got to go to a big city. And cut to the next scene and they are driving up to a castle in the middle of nowhere.
1: Which definitely not a big city and also leads to the worst character in this film.
0: The worst. I don't understand who this guy is, why he has a castle, why America <laughs> loves him. And why he owns two radio stations?
1: We, they go to like this military base. It's like a bunch of like it's people a castle, in military Catherine, gear. Respectful. <laughs> Sorry, a military castle. Yes, <laughs> with like a bunch of people in military gear. And then there's the colonel, who is the worst person you'll ever meet, um, the worst character you'll ever see on television. <laughs> he's the worst. Um, but yeah, he's got like America apparently loves him because he like speaks the truth. He's got radio stations. He's got. He's horrible. He's absolutely horrendous. And I don't know if he was supposed to be like this weird I don't know what life was like in the eighties in America. And I just like, is he supposed to be like this weird parody? Is he supposed to be such a dick? Did Larry Cohen write him and be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna say everybody loves him, but it's obvious this character's a dickhead? I could see
0: that. I could see that it like it it's so obvious and so extreme that it has to be intentional. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because, like, he's full-on sexist, racist, just, like... He horrible. Yeah, toxic masculinity in every way.
1: The absolute... He, like, comes on to Nicole in one scene, and then they were, like, talking about, like, saving things and things, and he's, like... And he goes to Nicole, and he's, like, afterwards, you can reward me in a suitable fashion. The most disgusting thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I literally... I was, like, I sh- I cringed so hard when he said that. And I was, like, this is so... Dis- I hate this. I hate him so much.
0: Like, literally, Nicole should have been- been like I'd rather eat the stuff.
1: Yeah, and Nicole was like kind of fine with it, which like peeved me a little bit.
0: At first, she was very obviously kind of like, "Oh, what's going on?" And then the next scene where they invade the factory and attack, by the end of that scene, she's all like, "Oh, spear." She's like
1: cuddling up next to him. You're
0: amazing.
1: <laughs> Wow, He's horrible. He's absolutely like it's so hard to enjoy the later part. I mean, this movie's not great, but it's so hard to kind of enjoy the later part of this film because this character's disgusting.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we just didn't need to introduce another character at this point, really.
1: <laughs> we really did not. We could have just brought back Chocolate Chip Charlie to save the day.
0: Exactly. Charlie has been gone this entire time. <laughs> so Spears and his army, they go invade the factory take it
1: over the stuff attacks some people they escape
0: nicole and jason almost get attacked by the stuff which seems to be something they get themselves into a lot
1: which like feels very classic you know damsel in distress this boy who even though he's like a really smart intelligent kid always gets himself into terrible situations like it's just they they've stereotyped these two roles.
0: yeah but the the point of this scene, I think, is so, like, Spears sees how messed up this stuff is and what's really going on, because then he's like, that's it. We're going to my radio stations, and we are going to let America know.
1: Yeah, because America trusts this horrible, horrible man. Um, So, they go to the radio station, and the best character is back.
0: Yes. So, we've got, like, Nicole. She's back into her PR mode, and she's, like, writing the script for this big broadcast they're going to do, and then Chocolate Chip Charlie, which... How does he know where they are? <laughs> right?
1: Nothing in this movie makes sense. Chocolate Chip Charlie's like, I know exactly where to go. I know exactly
0: where they are. Char- did you even go to Washington, Charlie? Like, what happened?
1: There's no way Mo at- knew he would end up there. So it's not like Mo could have told Chocolate Chip Charlie at any moment. Like, I- when did Chocolate Chip Charlie find out that this place even existed?
0: I, I-, I don't know what to say. I-, I literally don't know how he showed up there.
1: <laughs> but I'm thankful for it.
0: Yeah, so he shows up and everyone's like, yeah, Charlie has to be part of this broadcast. Spears, being the racist that he is, is all like, mm, I don't know about that. But everyone else, Jason is like, it's chocolate chip Charlie. He has yeah. to.
1: Yeah, is like starstruck.
0: Yeah. So Charlie and Nicole go into the one of the broadcast rooms to kind of like talk about the script or whatever. And Charlie's like, I know what happens when the stuff takes over. Nicole's like, wait how do you know that so well and he's like i'll show you
1: (laughs) (laughs) and he unhinges his mouth like a snake and the stuff comes out of his throat just like it did ben and then classic jason and nicole are attacked again
0: they are stranded in this room so you know mo has to break down the glass
1: so heroic
0: yes uh then he they find these big cables And he has to electrocute the stuff and, like, set it on fire. There has to be fire again. Classic.
1: Brought the fire back. Let's, you know, Jason's stuck in a corner with the stuff trapping him. But, you know, let's set this room on fire.
0: We, yes. But they still get saved.
1: Somehow. No burns. No, nothing happens to them. They're fine.
0: And then, actually, yeah, the broadcast goes on as scheduled.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then they go on air. People believe them. Wildly enough.
0: Yeah. Literally, like, they make this announcement. And then the next scene is america's setting the stuff on fire
1: <laughs> yeah like it's just scenes of riots like they're burning buildings down they're burning all of the stuff they have in their house like it is wild you're telling me this one dude who owns two radio stations said this mediocre
0: speech which convinced everybody that all of a sudden the stuff is bad even though they had never once questioned it
1: and this is the thing, too. Like, I thought the stuff, like, takes over your brain and you just get addicted to it. I didn't think it was that easy to break addiction.
0: <laughs> no, it made no sense. It should have been more difficult.
1: Yeah, I, like, I could understand if people, st- like, it, if it, like, started something or people started, like, their subconscious started, like, fighting back or something like that. Like, but I feel like we're asking for too much intelligence from this movie. <laughs> You're right. Um, but, yeah, so people light the world on fire.
0: Yeah, they're blowing up buildings that have the stuff in it. So
1: wild! Um, and then we Mo and Jason are this ragtag crime-fighting duo, officially. Jason's family is gone; they he died. Has no family. Yeah. Which, like, we also haven't. So their mouths exploded with the stuff. Is that how they died? I guess, I guess so. if you just eat too much, you die. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> So yeah, so they're this ragtag crime-fighting duo, and he goes back to the executives that hired him.
0: The, the guy who distributed it? Distributed it? Yeah. He's the one that he had the bigger deal with, and he's all like, what did you do?
1: <laughs> oh no, what did you do? <laughs> Out of nowhere
0: shows up the guy that he had the other deal with, the guy from the dairy industry, and they're like, Listen, Mo, this isn't over. We've got a new product.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we figured out a way to put the stuff in a new product, but not enough of it to like take over your mind, but like enough of it to make you still addicted to it.
0: 12% of the stuff. And then we balanced it out with ice cream.
1: (laughs) And it's called The Taste.
0: Ooh. (laughs) Good job, fellas.
1: Which like I but I will say I loved this scene because I was like, wow, this is definitely corporate America. They're like, you know, I know this is terrible for people. It takes over people's minds, but I'm still going to include it in the product because I want people to buy my product so I can be rich.
0: I need to keep selling it even though I know it's bad. Yeah,
1: I, I thought it was the most real scene in the entire movie. It was so good.
0: Yeah, if you don't get the underlying message of the movie, this scene is pretty much spelling it out for you.
1: (laughs) It's like, just so you know, this is what the movie was about.
0: And so they say all that to Mo and then Mo's like, I got two friends here. One is Jason with a box and the other is a
1: gun. Well, like tough guy Jason.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Listen, he's not a kid anymore. His family died. So now he's an adult.
1: He's seen some stuff, you know? And like Get Jason it? is so aggressive.
0: Well, he's seen some stuff. He's an adult. He's
1: definitely seen some stuff. Yeah. They basically like force feed them the stuff, which is, I mean, Jason like pressures them into it hardcore. <laughs> there was a scene where Jason yells, eat it. And I just like, it's like, oh, no. <laughs> no. Why?
0: I'm so uncomfortable. And so they had to just keep eating it until they couldn't eat anymore. And it seems like they just kind of left them to die.
1: Yeah. The stuff was just going to, you know, run its course. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Problem solved. It ends on a, like, (laughs) I don't really understand why it needed. Like, I felt like it could have just ended there. But then we get this one extra scene of, like, people, like, smuggling in the stuff.
0: Yeah. We're like, oh, there's the street sellers, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, like once you ban something, I mean, we don't even know if it's been banned, but you know, once you've banned something, it's just all of a sudden the black market's now coming in and it's like, hey, we got this stuff. And then it just ends. <laughs> and it just ends. We got no resolution to anything. Like, I really wanted to know what the hell this stuff was. What was it trying to do? Because like, I, this movie's supposed to be like a sci-fi horror movie. Mm-hmm. Was it like, did, did the stuff know what it was doing? Like, was it a malicious thing? I want to know these things.
0: Feels like they lost the consistency of the way the stuff works.
1: Yeah. I think it went in so many different directions of what this movie should have been. They just did. They were like, I want to do this and I want to do this and I want to do this. But none of it really makes sense together. Because like it really any like all the questions you had at the beginning of the film, none of them get answered by the end. Like, I want to know where the stuff came from. I want to know what the stuff is. Is it like conscious? Does it know what it's doing? I want to know what is the point of what it's doing? Like, does the stuff just want to take over like human bodies? I don't understand. What is it? I want to know so much.
0: I really want to know what wannabe James Bond course (laughs) Mo took.
1: Yeah, I want that too because I want to be Mo.
0: Honestly, are there any redeeming qualities about this movie?
1: Okay, this movie was an enjoyable experience, but I think I think it was an enjoyable ride because it's funny and it's weird and it doesn't make sense. But then I think it loses all of its joy when it actually doesn't close any loops. Like, I was like, I, I'm all here for a hilariously ridiculous, stupid horror sci-fi, but you need to answer my questions still. You can't just not write a story that has a proper ending.
0: <laughs> exactly. It kind of lost the thread of what it was doing
1: i just i felt like i really i did got no closure at the end of this film nope and i need that i'm not someone who likes open-ended films like i hate that is my number one pet peeve in movies where like they let the viewer decide what happened i was like no you're the storyteller. Tell me what happens. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want to pretend to know what happened. I want you to tell me what happened.
0: There is a way to do that that it works. I just think that because this movie had so many flaws along the way, it couldn't be that kind of movie. And it was like, no, I'm that kind of movie. I'm going to leave you to think about what you just saw and take your own, make your own conclusions. And the conclusion that we've come to is that that was nonsense.
1: <laughs> Do you think this movie could have been better with a different Mo?
0: I wondered that. I, I really wondered how they decided to cast him.
1: Yeah, like I was wondering too, because like Mo was so difficult of a character to enjoy to watch. <laughs> yeah. But like, I was also I was like, is his, like, is the fact that I don't like him as a character impacting my ability to like this movie? I don't know. Or maybe it is just a bad movie.
0: Or am I really not supposed to like him at all?
1: Yeah. Is is it purposeful? Yeah. Is he supposed to think that he's like really, really charismatic, but not actually be charismatic at all? I think so. (laughs) But I just don't think that worked. Like, it didn't register as that it was supposed to be on purpose like that.
0: Yeah. And like, from what I read about the movie afterwards, it kind of flopped, which is shocking. (laughs) shocking it flopped but also because the studio was expecting it to actually be a horror
1: and yeah and
0: larry cohen was like well actually it's not really that But the studio studio kept kind of like pushing it as a horror so when it came out
1: people were like this isn't what it is so the studio messed up promoing it
0: and i don't think the studio even liked it at all like when they first saw it, they did take out a bunch of scenes because the studio was like, we don't need these.
1: Maybe that's why it's so choppy.
0: We need it to be more fast paced.
1: It was too fast paced. Oh,
0: it was. Yeah, you you achieved that. They,
1: this is the thing. You can't, you can't do a fast paced movie and take out vital scenes that you need, which I imagine some of those scenes were vital because half the time I had no idea how it, people ended up in different locations.
0: Exactly. But I will say... And like, I think one of the reasons I wanted to watch it is because it felt like it was going to be a commentary on consumerism, on food and diet culture and like all of those things. And I feel like it did achieve those things.
1: Yeah. No, I actually, I agree. I think it was a very good portrait of like corporate America and materialism.
0: Yes. And the way that we are, things are marketed to us and how caught up we get in that process. Like we do... We do have control over those feelings, even though they didn't in the stuff. But like sometimes you don't realize how much you're being controlled by things, the stuff.
1: Yeah. And I mean, honestly, sometimes you don't have that much control over it. Like cigarettes, as an example, like there are addictive properties in certain foods, in certain products. So sometimes you actually don't. Like you have control whether you try it first, but sometimes they create an addiction. It's true.
0: Yeah. So I would almost like I, I would recommend this movie if you go into it knowing it's a
1: satire.
0: <laughs> yeah. Looking at it as a satire and looking at it as the commentary that it's speaking to. It's actually and it's you'll just laugh.
1: I do think it's an enjoyable watching experience if you're not going in for this like really serious. I'm going to be scared this like it's it's just a fun, silly movie that has a pretty cool message to it.
0: Yes, it's going to be terrible and it's not going to make sense, but it is going to make sense in the bigger picture. Yeah. Just scene to scene, it will not make sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly. All right. Well, this uh was not how I expected our spooky food movie to go, but it was a fun ride.
1: Yeah, it was fun. And uh if you enjoyed this, let us know cuz I want to do I think it would be fun to do this again next year. Oh, definitely. And like for other seasons and things or like different holidays if they're like food themed <gasps> movies.
0: We will definitely do it for Christmas. And let us know what scary food movies you like. Cause you know, we still got a week until Halloween, roughly spooky a week. The season is still alive and well. Yeah, we could still watch those movies. And we hope you're having a good spooktober. If you want to see us making some Halloween recipes, you can <laughs> go to Two Market Girls on YouTube. Cause... Uh, definitely not us. Oh it's no, Bruce... sorry and lanny yes we had some (laughs) guests some guests take over our youtube channel and uh test out some pinterest recipes (laughs) (laughs) the best tmg episodes of the year yeah definitely so you can go check those out and you can find us on all the socials if you want to talk spooky movies or food movies or food or anything (laughs) and that's going to be it for this episode